Hiya, welcome to Pure Mood Podcast. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. It's good to finally <laughs> talk to you. I know, right? It's mad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Mad. So, yeah, would you care to introduce yourself and and tell everyone what you do? My name is Holly May. I am a singer and a songwriter from Northampton. The genre I sing is soul music and my main inspiration is relationships and situation and I love writing about two different people when a relationship goes completely wrong. Yeah. And I, I love soul music. It gravitates me. It's my favourite genre in the entire world and I, I love I love writing about relationships. It just fascinates me. So, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, soul music is beautiful. So, that's... Mm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've literally mm-hmm. just answered my next question. So, I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to move on. <laughs> that's um, right. So, who are some of your biggest musical inspirations? Like, you say soul music. So... Yeah. Yeah. Um... My biggest music inspirations, well, number one, it would have to be Jonah's Police Woman at the Top. That's my best friend. Um, wow, I love, I really, really like, love the sound of like old, like records and vinyls. Like, so, yeah. you know, like the really old stuff, like the 60s Ronettes kind of, you know. Yeah, you got your 50s, 60s vibe, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, of course. I also love, like, the whole kind of Diana Washington and Shirley Bassey kind of vibe, you know? Like, I'm a woman. I'm going to show you I'm a woman, you know? Yeah, The really, like, womanly type kind of... Yeah, I just... I'm attracted to that. I find that so... I don't know. It's gritty. It's rough. But when you look at women like the women I've just mentioned they have something that moves them within yeah. not just their lyrics, but their music. I mean, you look at Malaya Jackson and she sings gospel, but she does it the way no one else could do it. And she made it her own. And then you look at Shirley Bassey and every song is just a breath taken away. And then you look at Joan and it's like, whoa, that's mad. Yeah. You did that. You wrote that, you know? So so, like, there are a few of my favourites, I would say. Oh, that's beautiful. So that yeah. brings me to your friendships with uh, Jonas Policewoman and the uh, yeah. late Ronnie Spector and her husband. Would yeah. you care to shed some light on this, please? How did it come about? How have they helped shape you as an artist and a person? And tell us why they're so important to you and your mental well-being. So when I met Joan as Policewoman, I was 12 at the time, and we met in Coventry in a teeny weeny little gallery my dad took me and before we met my dad was like hey holly listen to jonah's policewoman check her out and this was during 2006 and the myspace days and yeah the time i was getting bullied really really badly extremely during primary school just before i was moving to secondary school and my dad was like, look at Jonah's policewoman. She's really cool. I think you're going to like her. And I remember just going, no, I don't care. I actually do not give a shit. And then a couple of like weeks on forward, I gave in and actually sneakily did my homework. 
And I remember hearing, you know, the whole Jonah's Policewoman um, real life album that came out in 2000 and uh, was it six or possibly five? I think it was recorded in 2005, but I think it was released in 2006, something like that. And I remember the first time I heard the whole entire album. And because at the time I was going through so much bullying, I've never, ever cried so hard in my life over such talent music and just really sort of, I understood how that felt with that yeah. whole entire album. So, you know, and then when I met, when I actually met Joan in Coventry when I was 12, um, near the end of her gig, I ran up to her and I was like, I, I was being an idiot. I made a fool of myself. Basically, <laughs> I was prancing around Joan. I was being a bit of a lunatic. I didn't really understand. Like, my hair was smelly. My teeth were nasty. And I just didn't know what to do. And Joan was in front of me. And I just tried to flirt with her. And I did it completely wrong. And then I grabbed her bum. And this was before she had to sort of get on with it, you know. And yeah. Get on with, you know, the, her music can go elsewhere and... And I grabbed her bum and I just said, I love you. <laughs> I meant it. I didn't just say it and go, I love you. I just yeah, it I kept was... saying it. And I think ever since I've said that to her in person, we've sort of stuck together as friends, you know, yeah. for many years. And during COVID, we got closer, which was amazing. It was really good for my health, actually, my, my mental yeah, health and well-being and you know, it was nice for me to be there for her. And we've been friends now for the, uh, 25 years. Yeah. Two decades, two whole decades, me and Joan now. So, Blimey. yeah. <laughs> um, um, the story with the Ronnie Spector, basically. So this was during COVID, round about 2021. I think I think it was twenty one or twenty twenty. It was between one of those. Yeah, years. well, they all blow into one at the moment. Yeah. So basically, I woke up one day and I was browsing Instagram, and I said to myself, "I love Ronnie Spector, but will she ever recognise me as a as a singer and as a songwriter and as a person?" You know, I said that to myself, and then one day I gave in. I went on the hashtag Ronnie Spector and Ronettes. I liked absolutely all of it up. And then I built up the courage to sort of say, left a comment on Ronnie Spector's post saying, I love your music. I love you. You're really cool. I'm going to cry really hard. <laughs> and she, uh, <laughs> she, she sort of looked at the comment and was like, you're cool. I'm going to message you. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, all right. And then she popped up on my messages and she was like, hey, Holly, how are you? <laughs> are you all right? How are you doing? And I was like, hello. I love your music, by the way. I'm going to cry because you just replied to me. <laughs> and Ronnie Spector, like this was like the first conversation we had. And I said to I was going to cry really heavily because obviously I, could, I was in disbelief. I was like, what yeah, the hell? Of course. I'm talking That's... to Ronnie Spector, one of the most coolest rock and roll singers of all time yeah of obviously. course one of the most influential so it's it's mm. crazy and ronnie specter turned around to me and she you know because i remember saying to her i'm doing a music video for my first like left my name music video you know shall i send it to you and i remember 
sending her my music like twice on the first conversation we had. And her, oh my God, it was amazing. She turned around to me in such like confidence and, you know, full of love. And it was really real and it was crazy. And she popped up on my Instagram and she was like, oh, I love your voice. Yes, send me the video, Holly. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I was like, whoa, give me at least about five weeks to sink this in. <laughs> surreal. Yeah. So surreal. I know. And it was mad because Joan said the same thing to me as well when I released my first ever music video, Left My Name. And I, I didn't know it was going to do so well on YouTube. It's reached one 1K views as well, which is mental. Um, still can't get over that. And Joan and Ronnie both said the same thing to me, just in different conversations at different times. Um uh, for me, I find that very overwhelming when someone as huge and as massive as Joan, as a policewoman, and also Ronnie Spector, coming into my DMs on Instagram, complimenting my voice. It's, it's what can top crazy, that? Crazy, isn't it? Like, that. yeah, that's amazing. It is. It's bizarre. It's like whoa, <laughs> and it's weird because I never ever saw that coming. And I remember just saying to myself during COVID when I was at a low and I was just saying to myself, I need to, I must send Ronnie Spector a message before the clock ends its TikTok, if that makes sense, you know? I know yeah. it sounds bad. No, but, no, of course. You, yeah. You've got to take those chances, haven't you? Especially mm -hmm. in this industry. You've just got to, yeah. you just got to go for it because it's just such a fast moving mm -hmm. industry. And well, every, everyone's clock is ticking so yeah that's that's amazing I, I feel so honored that I got that opportunity whilst it was in front of me because yeah. when I spoke to Ronnie I made the most of every second like when she was at her happiest and she was like I'm with my husband don't talk to me and I'd be <laughs> like okay enjoy your cigarette you look great <laughs> And then there'd be other times where she'd be like, I feel really low. And I just remind her that you're going to be all right. And I'm here for you if you need a message and yeah. whatever you're going through, I'm here for you. And I think she really, really appreciated that during COVID. Yeah. Of course. I think she was going through her own sort of time. Yeah. Obviously I don't know what happened behind closed doors but i could understand the feelings and the vibrations that i got off the message um yeah but that kind of motivated me to do what i do you know it kind of pushed me to keep going yeah of course you know so yeah bit That's sad awesome. bit sad on that one <laughs> yeah it's sad but at least you had that you had the you've got those memories now and that was That'll always be with you and she'll always be in your heart. So, yeah, well, so will Joan. <laughs> Joan will never leave me alone now. <laughs> yeah. I, love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. No, but yeah. Anyway. yeah. So, yeah. do you want to tell us about your connection with uh, Joan's band? And... Oh, oh, that's a great question. Oh, oh, tighten up my pants. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I spoke to Joan during COVID quite a lot. And I, during the time I got closer to Joan during COVID, so we were like having, you know, the normal conversations, like I'm sad today, cheer me up. 
And then we had other conversations where I'm like, Joan, I'm doing this for my music. Are you interested in seeing it? And her reaction was just, you know, the lottery winning face every time. <laughs> you know, she's like, go, Holly, you got this. I believe you. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know how, like, you know, people from New York, they are very, very, very outside the box. And I'm a Oh, of you course, know. yeah. So during the time I spoke to Joan, I got the lucky opportunity to speak to Parker Kendred, who is Joan's drummer. Yes. He is a really cool guy. He plays drums in Joan's band, so he's yeah. been playing drums for a long time. And in his area, I believe his dad got him into drums or something like that many years ago. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, me and Parker are really good mates. He's a really cool guy, he's fantastic at drums, he's so down to earth. And then I also spoke to I think it was, I think it was Eric, Eric Lane, and that is Joan's keyboardist in her band, I believe. Um, yeah, he was nice, and then yeah, unfortunately contact because of what happened and what went down but it's okay you know I believe that we will get back together and have a conversation again but yeah speaking to both of them Parker and Eric they are both extremely talented unique individuals they have got such personality like not a single bad drop of you know bad blood they're just lovely and they're really cool people. And I wasn't, I didn't even see that coming either during COVID. I was a bit kind of like, okay, Might so say, I yeah. Joan quite a lot. And then, oh my God, I'm like, I'm talking to her drummer now. Oh, Amazing. am I, am I, oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? So, yeah, they're really cool people. You know, they know what they're doing and they use their talents well and they don't, give in and they don't refuse and that's real rock and roll right there yeah of course that's you know, get on with it Hustle. <laughs> but they're very like i'd love to meet them one day that would be amazing if i could meet them all together again with jane oh my god put the cherry on the milkshake yeah. it would be beautiful <laughs> wouldn't it <laughs> yeah awesome man yeah awesome so how has your writing helped with your mental health? Like, do you consider yeah. it an outlet for your emotions? Like, what are some of your other coping mechanisms to help with your mental health and just your health in general? So I've suffered with depression for many, many years because during my, during my early teens and then during my teenage years, they were like, some of the roughest years for me. Yeah. But also as a child, when I had my eye taken out um, at the age of just four, because if I didn't have the operations taken out, like I, if I didn't have the operations um, during the time I had my eye taken out as a child at the age of four, I wouldn't be here today. I would literally be six feet under. So um, yeah. um, I know it's very deep. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, during my teenage years and my years of, you know, before puberty and after puberty, those were the hardest years for me growing up because I was dealing with so many different kind of walks of life. And instead of communicating with me, 
as just a normal person, you know, I got back down by so many different individuals. And I remember when I first started like a couple of days into primary school, you know, not too early, but round about, you know, as you're getting into like year, what was it, year seven, like year, I think it was like year 12. My dad turned yeah. around to me one day. My dad's Steve Ward, right? My dad. He goes, he turns around to me and he's like, Holly, why don't you try songwriting? It'll be good for you. And I remember during that time he said that to me, I was like, this was during a time where I spent a lot of my time in secondary school and a lot of people were putting my head down the toilet and I got punched, I got beat, I got spat on. And when my dad turned around to me and he said, I think you should try songwriting, that was a really good decision. And ever since he said that, I've stuck to it. And I've felt a lot more vulnerable towards my writing. I've become a bit more real. And it does help, like, your emotions on the long run. So whatever life throws at you, you know, you sing when you're happy, you sing when you're sad, but you yep. dance when you're happy and you sort of become vulnerable when you're down in the dumps. But writing is so good and it puts you in a different perspective, but it makes you realise, actually, well, if this is how I feel today, I can always go back and rewrite it and improve it tomorrow yep. or in a couple of weeks from now I could write something completely better than what I wrote but that's the joy of songwriting you're supposed to uh, develop from one situation to an X and I feel like for me I, I love songwriting I get so much joy out of writing my own songs it's crazy like when I first came out into the music scene in Northampton right this was probably before Covid um, I was writing a lot of miserable songs, you know, Pills yeah, and Alcohol, Left My Name. And obviously my num my favourite debut single I've ever wrote is The Beauty That's Around Me, and I wrote that about Joan. Um, and I, since I've sort of stepped back from the local music scene for a bit and I've had to put the focus back on me, I've really improved my uh, myself sort of like value and I found more discoveries about what actually the talent I have that's in the palm of my hands especially when it comes down to writing about a situation um and how how far I can push myself if that makes any sense yeah you know, that makes perfect sense. going from that place to this place or going from here to there and really kind of working around with it. So I feel like I've really grabbed it and I've just gone with it and found out that I've just improved out of nowhere. And it's weird, isn't it? It's mental. Yeah. It's just sort of just found itself to me and I've just stuck to it. Yeah, so it was a real, yeah, it was a real turning point in your, in your yeah. life then. It's... Yeah, definitely. And I, I love songwriting. It's one of my favourite things to do in the world other than chatting to women that are at least above my age <laughs> 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 but I mean, may if that wasn't the film yeah, that, exactly that's, yeah. that's absolutely fair 
<laughs> so, so, so you you're writing an album, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah. So, can you give us an update on it, and when can we expect to hear some new music? Mm. Yes. Oh my god. Right. So my uh, my new songs. Oh my god. Holly May. Oh boy. What have you been doing? <laughs> oh, Holly May. Holly May. Well, these new songs are very, very different compared to what we've heard from the beginning. And I must say, my lyrics are so feisty. <laughs> I went from, I don't care about you, to actually, you better watch me. Yeah. I'm going to show you why I don't <laughs> care about you. So I've kind of worked my magic. Um, when I first started writing the songs on this album, I met a fella. <clears throat> I met a fella who I thought was going to be a really good man, right? And it turns out he only cares about his PlayStation, his weed, and how many women he can get in his bed. Oh, God. I know. And I thought, yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. Literally, and when I found out the truth, I was like, "Okay, all right, I, I I like the tongue twist. Let's let's twist it. Let's make it really dramatic and really like so new." So I've done, you know, I went through that relationship and it went downhill, and then I realized to myself after from writing as what I've wrote, um. That when I look back on these songs that I wrote about the first bloke, I realized, oh my God, look at my confidence in these in this in the in these songs. And these titles are very different compared to what everyone else has heard from the very beginning. And right now I'm currently recording the demos of them, um, yep. which is great. And I'm so thrilled to be recording an album. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is mental. This is great. Um, so like, it's weird because the first half of the album is about the first fella that I got with near the end of COVID. And um, that relationship as a whole was really kind of like more about him and less about me yep. when it should have been a nice balance, but there was no balance. It was all about him. You know, he's wearing his little freaking thick socks, smoking a blunt and telling me I can't do anything and I'm not pretty and I don't look good. So you really shouldn't treat me like that. Um, and then after that relationship ended, I met another fella. Oh, my God. <laughs> I met another fella. OK, this guy is quite embarrassing. But oh, it's God, cool. here we go. <laughs> We, 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 me and this, this other fella. So I got high with him quite a yeah. bit. We did a little BAO, you know, I would sing to him in his flat, half naked in my undies. And he would turn around to me and he'd be like talking to another girl on his phone. And it's like, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. We just did a line of yayo and you're right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can, I know you're not interested in me. And it turns out that that's the second fella was only interested in women with Botox lips and just getting 
pussycats. And I just thought, you know what? In a way, the second guy was giving me more strength to write more about the first yeah. bloke I got with. I know it's a bit twisty and turny this time. No, you know, completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm writing about in a way, I'm writing about like this is like my first like proper weird relations with men that I've ever written on paper. Isn't that mad? <laughs> Cause I've never done that before. Like when I used to do jam nights um, in Northampton yeah. in the lab years ago, when I used to booze alcohol loads, um, I would just sing randomly about men and sort of like mean it in a very drunken way. But this time round on my first album, it's like, holy crap. Yeah. I've just met two different men that can't stun my confidence and I'm telling them off lyrically. It's because cis, cis men can't stand strong women. Yeah. But it's cool because at the end of at the end of it all, I got good songs out of it. So I'm not sad. No, I'm actually thrilled, you know. Um, and I like these these lyrics I've came up with are just great. Like I look at the titles of these songs and I just think to myself, "Holy crap! I don't need to pay a songwriter to do this." No, you can do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah. So. I don't know. I, yeah, first time actually seriously singing about men. So that's all I'm going to say about the new music. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, expect it to be more vocal. Incredible. Incredible. So yeah. do you want to tell us more about your... You, sorry, we've got like 10 minutes left, by the way. Okay. So um, do you want to tell us more about your YouTube series called Edgy on Film? Like, oh, where did yeah. the name come from? Like, oh my god! It's quite an inter- interesting piece of work. So, oh yeah, what do you think of it? What's your oh, thoughts? Your feedback? It's I say it's really interesting and cool. So oh, you like it? Yeah, it's awesome. Oh. Edgy on film. Well, basically, um, I created Edgy on film during COVID, and I wanted to create my stories about myself behind the music and tell everybody who I am, what I'm about. How did I go from this and this and this? And, you know, just little highlights and particles of my life, whether it be good or bad. And just telling people that there is more to me than just a facial disfigured young woman who is a singer and a songwriter. Yeah, of course. And I wanted to sort of really push that through it. Um, And obviously, I don't have somebody who could do it for me. And I just decided one day, you know what, I'm going to get a camcorder. I'm going to get the software and I'm just going to do it all by myself and not ramble. (laughs) And shut up. So, yeah, yeah, is just basically episodes of my life and... It just tells you more about who I am. And you will see the good sides, the insecure, the vulnerable, the sad, the emotional. We're currently on episode uh, six. We're heading towards modeling and stripping next. And then after that episode, we will be discussing Holly May's darkest stories. And this is where it gets very very dark and very real but i am prepared i have to do this 
you only live once yeah and you know i think near the end of edgy on film i think people will realize that there is so much more to me and i have the biggest heart and i've been through a lot but i'm still here <laughs> yeah of course of course yeah and i'm so proud of it you know it's yeah, you should the be. whole yes. project has done so well on youtube it's done really well like on the on the episode five when i discussed my story about jonah's policewoman and how we met over on facebook it's reached 1.2k which is mad. yeah that's crazy i know <laughs> so i don't know whether her fans are looking at me and going oh who's this uh and then, yeah, like the the views, like when I first started to release the first and the second episode about my face and when I was on TV years ago uh, for my facial disfigurement on a programme called uh, Making Faces back on Channel 5, that first episode's doing really well as well. People, people love to hear my story about my face and people still talk about when I was on TV years ago. Yeah. Like my, my listeners and my fans still bring that up. If I was to go to a local pub, people are still going to talk about it. Yeah. And even if people who don't know me, they still want to know what happened to my face. And I think that's cool. But, you know, I've reached a point now where it's like, I, I'm trying to forget about my face. Like I'm so into my songwriting these days. I'm so into getting so high yeah. and writing about it and just sort of like sending a nice sexy picture to Joan and she's just like thanks okay <laughs> yeah cool love you and it's like yeah I love you too you sexy lady um, <laughs> but do you see what I mean and it's yeah, like of I course. feel like I've overcome so many battles and along the journey of edgy on film I've really really put myself first and told every story how it is and I'm so just so proud of it it's it's really emotional because uh, you know you go through a lot don't you yeah. it's life yeah um it's not easy pardon it's, life's not easy and sometimes like the darkest tunnels have the brightest lights you just have to keep going that's all I have to say on that but <laughs> To everyone who is still watching Edgy on film and who has supported me on this little production, thank you so much because it means the world to me that I've put this out there um, and I've done it with no help, literally just me, a camera and a little microphone and a few <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like, boom, there you go. It's online. Um. And also, um, you can, there's a website that I have called writtenunderthewebber.wordpress.com. And on that website, it tells you, uh, so when you want to watch Edgy on Film, you will see more like little like paragraphs about each episode and more behind it as well. Yeah. So that you'll get like the full story, like the full picture. And um, a lot, of, I've noticed this about my listeners and my supporters. People like to watch me, but people also like to read about me. Yeah. And that says a lot. Like, yeah, it's, you should be proud. But it's crazy. I'm just a local young songwriter from Northampton. You know, I'm just here. 
<laughs> you know, crazy little old me. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for your time. It's been amazing. I mean, you're welcome on this podcast anytime and good luck with everything and we hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, I can't wait to um, release my first album and be thrilled that it's finally out. And I'm looking forward to what's to come. You yeah, know? definitely. Can, I can't wait. I'll look forward to telling you Joan's reaction when it's all out. Yeah. He'll probably be like, Holly, Holly, please let me know. What did Joan <laughs> say? And I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, Joan said this. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I love Joan. She is yeah. the best thing in my life. It's Christmas, man. Every day is Christmas. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, Thank yeah. You so much. Cool. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, peace and love, man. It's cool. Peace out. Take care.